Welcome to the audio podcast of the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online and in our recently renovated sanctuary. During the summer months from July 4th weekend through Labor Day weekend, our worship will be live Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. Good morning, First Church, and happy Sunday to you all. First, I would like to thank God for allowing Pastor Adrian for giving me the opportunity to preach in her virtual pulpit. Thank you. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for bringing us together for another Sunday, whether in person or in the virtual space. May the word today, Lord, guide us, teach us, convict us, and most importantly, move us. In your precious and holy and wonderful name, amen. Our family are huge fans of the film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. If you haven't seen this film, it's about five children who are lucky enough to win a golden ticket to tour Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory and win the grand prize of a lifetime supply of chocolate. Among the five children was Charlie Bucket, the most important character of the film. Charlie is smart, gentle, kind, but was poor. He goes to school and works part-time to support his mother and his four grandparents. Before the tour, the kids were given rules to follow, but some of the kids disobeyed some of the rules, to include even Charlie. At the end of the tour, Charlie's grandfather, Grandpa Joe, and Willy Wonka argue over why Charlie didn't win the grand prize. Charlie Bucket shows his disappointment and returns a piece of candy to Willy. Willy is so impressed by Charlie's honesty humility and good-heartedness that he gave him a blessing of a lifetime. Charlie was going to own and take over the factory and look after its workers when Willy Wonka no longer could do so. In the eyes of the other four kids, Charlie and Grandpa Joe were considered losers of society. They were poor, they were simple, They were not well-to-do and they didn't seem well-connected. But Charlie's good-heartedness, humility, and loyalty won the heart of Willy Wonka. With those attributes, Willy felt the factory and its workers would be in the hands of someone who was humble, respectful, kind, and compassionate, obedient, and had a willing heart. In the scripture lesson of Ruth, we see a Moabite young woman rise to fame in Israeli history and become a part of God's plan for salvation. During biblical times, Moabites were not the most formidable amongst the Israelites. Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, has lost her son, Ruth's husband. Naomi has lost her second son and her husband. Ruth is a young widow and doesn't have a husband and is left with two choices. Does she stay in Moab or does she go with Naomi to Israel? Naomi, the mother-in-law, wanted to go back to her family, her people, 
For there was really no hope for Ruth to be with her mother-in-law. Out of loyalty and diligence, Ruth goes with her mother-in-law in hopes of finding security, work, and potentially a new man. What spiritually seals Ruth's spiritual fate is the exchange between Naomi and Ruth, as it's recorded in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. Naomi says, Ruth, go to your people. Ruth replies, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you will go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. She made a proclamation that she was willing to abandon her Moabite gods and worship the God of Israel. Ruth was willing to leave all that she knew behind to forge a new life with her mother-in-law. When she arrives in Israel and meets Boaz, she reminds him that she is a foreigner and is asserting she doesn't deserve the best. She says to Boaz, why have you found such favor with me as a foreigner? I believe Ruth, without even knowing, was having an indirect conversation with God. Boaz responds, I know all that you have done. And I believe he's referencing staying with Naomi, tending to the fields, taking care of her family. Boaz says to Ruth in verse 12, chapter 2, May the Lord repay you for what you have done. You remain loyal to your mother-in-law. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Ruth could have left and gone back home. She could have stayed and forged a new life without her mother-in-law. Right there, Boaz, a rich and prominent man, a man with integrity, saw Ruth as a real human being with a good heart, hardworking, humble, loyal, kind, compassionate, and obedient. And as a result, this important and respected man developed a great wealth of interest in her. Boaz was willing to invest his time, his spirit, and family, and integrity, and fame in her, despite her being a foreigner, particularly from Moab. God was at work because she was willing, and God knew it. Boaz saw Ruth for her potential and not from where she came from. Let me say that one more time. Boaz saw Ruth for her potential and not from where she came from. God saw Ruth for what she possessed inside her, what she could bring to the people of Israel. God knows the trauma she endured, yet she remained faithful to her mother-in-law. Although she was serving Naomi, in spirit, she was serving God. God blessed Ruth as the woman to continue the righteous lineage that would not only seal the deal for the Jewish faith, 
but the Christian faith as we know it. God saw what Ruth didn't see in herself, and that is the potential to do God's work. God saw her as a humble and willing servant. In the story about Paul, we heard from Acts chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. We see a man who hated, despised the church, never wanted to hear about what Jesus preached. He was a ruthless enemy of Christ and his church. At that moment, Paul was not really the poster child for the early Christian faith. However, on his way to Damascus to interrupt a Christian revival, he was struck by a light and became blind. Jesus spoke to him. As Jesus spoke to Paul, the Lord showed him what to do to regain his sight. The Lord told him he was going to suffer greatly for the church that he was prosecuting. With a willing and obedient heart, Paul accepted Jesus' call for the church. Through Paul, the Gentile nations came to hear the word of God and he preached it to them. Through Paul, the Gentiles became a part of God's plan of salvation and that was offered through Jesus' death on the cross. Paul is classified as one of the greatest apostles, if not the chief amongst the apostles. Church, if you're going to take one thing away from this sermon, can you ask yourself, are you willing to be chosen and called upon? The Lord is seeking obedient and willing hearts to serve him. You don't have to be extraordinary. You don't have to be popular or rich. God sees what you don't see in yourself. You could be Ruth. You could be Paul. Just be willing, humble, and obedient. God is looking for the Pauls and Ruths with willing, obedient, loving, kind, and compassion for God's mission. Ruth asked. Paul asked. Even Charlie Bucket asked. Me? Even me? Yes. Even you. To God be the glory. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you are fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options, both in person and online, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time during the summer, from July 4th weekend through Labor Day weekend. We are live in the sanctuary, as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.